Hello, everyone, and welcome to this Triangles Meditation Group webinar. Today is December 6th, 2021. We are so glad to have all of you here today to take part and contribute to this important work. Before we begin, let us sound together the noontime recollection. We know, O Lord of life and love, about the need. Touch our hearts anew with love, that we too may love and give. The purpose of this webinar is to introduce the work of triangles to people who are new to it and to aid them in the forming of triangles. And also it aims to create a platform for those who are already members of triangles to come together each week and to participate in a visualization to aid its work. If you are new to this work, or even if you aren't new to this work, and if you'd like to form a triangle, uh, we invite you to type your name into the chat box, and hopefully we will have two other people who are also interested, and we can form a triangle in that way. As many of us know, triangles is a visualization technique it uses the power of thought and prayer and aims to uplift and transform human consciousness. The work of triangles is a daily work wherein three people link together, establish lines of lighting, lighted, loving communication. They join together in thought and agree to vivify that triangular link every day. This triangle is then visualized and seen within the planetary network of triangles. And as that network is visualized, the great invocation is sounded in order to release and circulate spiritual energies throughout the etheric network and into the consciousness of humanity. Triangles need only take a few minutes each day, and therefore it can be fit into even the busiest of schedules. Today we have a returning guest presenter, Clarence Harvey, who's presented on the webinar um, several times before. Clarence uh, hails from the UK, and he works in the field of education. Today, he will be speaking on the theme, Invocative Reflections on Purpose. Clarence will present after um, our meditation today and we'll hopefully have some time for discussion and questions. So if you have anything you'd like to ask him, um, any thoughts that arise during his presentation, 
you can um, share them then. That will also be an opportunity for those of you who are new to the work to ask any questions you might have about the triangles work, about the process, um, about what it entails. So before we continue, um, let us just link together in a brief visualization sounded followed by the sounding of the mantra on your screen. Visualize the planet as a sphere of lighted energy. Now visualize within that sphere a triangle of the three primary planetary centers. Shambhala, the planetary head center the spiritual hierarchy, the planetary heart, and humanity, the planetary throat center. Visualize the circulation of energies flowing in all directions around the triangle from point to point, merging and blending the three points and filling the triangle with light. Now superimposed upon that triangle, visualize a five-pointed star. This is the star of the world teacher, linking east and west, past and present, and radiating the energy of love wisdom. At each point of the star, the sphere of his activity stands an outpost of his consciousness, the five planetary centers. Visualize the energies radiating forth from the center of the triangle out through the five points of the planetary star. London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo. Visualize these outpouring energies, enlivening small groups, gathering everywhere, aiding them to focus and direct the energies 
into the consciousness of all humanity, solving its problems, creating right human relations, restoring peace on earth. Sound the mantra. Radiance, we are and power. We stand forever with our hands stretched out, linking the heavens and the earth, the inner world of meaning and the subtle world of glamour. We reach into the light and bring it down to meet the need we reach into the silent place and bring from thence the gift of understanding. Thus with the light we work and turn the darkness into day. The whole process of evolution, of moving forward from darkness into light, is governed and made possible through a vast network of relationships, which span from the most basic form of elemental life, right up to and beyond the one in whose body all lives on our planet find their place. This network of graded lives can be organized as a great chain of vertical relationship. The lesser lives call, they reach upwards towards greater light. And in time, when that call is sufficiently focused, the greater life responds. This archetypal process of call and response is called in the esoteric science, invocation and evocation. It characterizes all forward movement upon the path of evolution and is foundational to the whole principle of relationship which exists within and all around us. At the heart of every unit of consciousness, no matter how small, exists a center of transcendent life, the hidden Christ or soul, which knows itself to be part and one with the soul of all. 
the process of awakening this central life and of reaching upwards towards divinity has always been preeminently a group endeavor. In the past, invocation has been carried forward unconsciously by humanity, and this has led to certain mass movements in consciousness, propelling the race forward upon the path of return. Here and there, only rare and exceptional individuals were able to consciously evoke higher spiritual potencies. And this they did through lives of exceptional mental discipline, aspiration, and compassion. The age into which we are now entering is preeminently one of group endeavor. The ability of groups to affect fundamental changes in human consciousness will far outweigh that which can be achieved by one or a few individuals functioning at the center of some such group. Groups, of course, exist in many forms. Even each triangle formed within our planetary network is in one sense a group. There are also ashramic groups, which are formed to carry out the work of hierarchy. There are groups coordinated on the physical plane who work for good or ill within the world of human living. And there are groups that work more subjectively, such as the triangles network. And there is of course also the larger group, humanity. The triangles network as well as many other networks, of course, many other um, service activities going forth throughout the world. These all form part of the embocative appeal of humanity, which is today being made by all these groups simultaneously. The power of a group is far more than simply the sum of its parts. Esoterically, a group is a unit of life and it is kept into coherence by the group will and by the purpose which that group seeks to work out. While there are certain groups that work out their purpose entirely within the world of form, and many, do, many of these groups do great work, other groups seek to mediate divine energies into expression and so must become consciously invocative. But how might we ask, does a group become invocative? The group life must be aligned and coordinated, first of all, on all three levels of the phenomenal world. Group relations among individuals must be characterized by non-criticism, by a willingness to allow each member to serve in the way he or she finds appropriate. 
the members of such a group must be united in their commitment in their commitment to service on the physical plane and in the daily life the emotional body must be controlled by the mind so that it can more perfectly embody the quality of love and the mind must be awake and active consciously aware of the purpose for which the group exists and the means whereby that work must be carried out. Once coordinated on the lower levels, the three worlds of human living, physical, emotional, and mental worlds, the group must then learn to work at a point of tension, whereby the, whereby the forces of their aspiration, their spiritual desire, the nascent will to good become focused intensified and magnetic. The group must also learn to work with vision, employing the imagination to see clearly the work that must be carried out. Both its process and end result must be seen with clarity. The complete fulfillment of the group's highest purpose, its highest ideal must be visioned and known. And most importantly, the group must learn to consciously utilize the will and thus work with power. This is perhaps the most difficult step of all. This will with which the group seeks to work is not the will of any one individual and it's not even the will of the group. To truly work with the will aspect requires contact with the will of that greater life whose purpose the group seeks to bring one small step closer to consummation. This is achieved through a true understanding of sacrifice and the ability to establish a higher alignment through meditation. With this in mind, let us now prepare for our meditation. We link in thought as a soul, as a point of love and light with all those people throughout the world who are working with this triangles meditation group. We sound together the invocation of will. In the center of the will of God, I stand. Not shall deflect my will from his. 
I implement that will by love. I turn towards the field of service. I, the triangle divine, work out that will within the square and serve my fellow men. Using the creative imagination, link with two other points of light to create a triangle of light. Visualize the triangle in which you are working as an essential part of the radiant worldwide triangles network. Hold the consciousness immersed within the light of the group soul, the heart of love, which underlies and infuses the network. Now lift your consciousness to the world teacher who stands as the heart of love at the center of the spiritual hierarchy and also at the heart of each triangle.
Visualize the energies of love, light, and goodwill circulating in and around the triangle's network. Visualize these energies unifying and eliminating all divisions within humanity, healing and transforming human consciousness, establishing right human relationships. Sound together the mantra of unification. The souls of all are one, and I am one with them. I seek to love, not hate. I seek to serve and not exact due service. I seek to heal, not hurt. Let pain bring due reward of light and love. Let the soul control the outer form and life and all events and bring to light the love that underlies the happenings of the time. Let vision come and insight. Let the future stand revealed. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone. Let love prevail. Let all people love. Visualize the whole planet alight with triangles. See new triangles being formed everywhere.
Sound together the great invocation. And visualize as you do so the network acting as a link between the world of spiritual realities and humanity. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you, everyone. So now I'd like to invite Clarence to unmute yourself. And I know he has a very um, wonderful presentation planned for us. And Clarence, are you there? Hi. Yes, I am. Thank you, Michael. Hi, Clarence. I think, were you also going to share your screen? Uh, yes, I will um, okay. in a moment. Um, thank you very much for right. inviting me back to share some of these thoughts. Um, let's just see. Uh, share screen. Yes. Okay. Are we seeing the screen? 
I I don't see the screen. Let me try stopping the share. Yeah. And then maybe you can try now and see if it works. Just a moment. Let's go back to here. Right. I clicked on a share screen. Now I'm just seeing your. Here we go. Just a moment. Let's try that again. Are we seeing it now? All right, there we go. I, I see okay. it very clearly now. Okay, good. Thank you very much. Uh, here we go. So that should be on full screen now? Yes, it is. Great. So um, the current sign is zodiac in which the sun is located is Sagittarius. And reflective thoughts on purpose, which I'd like to share today, hold that awareness as a context or a contextual background. At the same time, I've called these invocative reflections for two reasons. Firstly, because I hope that by us putting our attention together on the question of purpose, our interest can invoke a deepening and strengthening of our understanding and alignment with our a spiritual purpose. And secondly, because I want to draw on the fact that the word purpose, in fact, appears twice in the great invocation, hence invocative reflections on purpose. Purpose appears uh, on the eighth line and on the ninth line of the great invocation. We read on the eighth line, let purpose guide the little wills of men. And on the following line, the ninth, the purpose which the masters know and serve. These lines can be correlated with the themes, experiences, and opportunities of the eighth sign of the zodiac, which is Scorpio, and the ninth sign, which is Sagittarius. The glyphs or symbols for these signs each carry a barb or arrow-like point. In Scorpio, this barbed point represents the sting of the scorpion. It's one of the interpretations, pointing to a potential type of death which results in self-transformation and in the emergence of the soul as the victorious higher self, which symbolically sings warrior I am, and from the battle, I emerge triumphant. There's a suggestion here that this victory of the soul in the affairs of humanity is linked to our ability to be guided by a sense of purpose, which emanates from the highest center of spiritual will on our planet. This highest center is described in the seventh line of the great invocation as the center where the will of God is known. Following on these hints contained in the great invocation, it would be natural that people who regularly use the invocation, such as those who, of us who work in triangles, 
would periodically find themselves considering or reflecting on to what extent our own expression of will in our choices and decisions is guided by higher purpose and to what extent this purpose supports our desire and efforts to live a soul rather than just as personalities. The Scorpio experience of severe tests, battle, and eventual self-transformational dying of the personality is both an individual experience and a collective experience. It is easy to see the current worldwide challenges, hardships, and suffering as a period in which humanity as a whole is being forced to see everything about itself that is unworthy of its higher soul nature. It is easy to see also that humanity has not yet grasped and embraced the importance of a collective sense of noble purpose to guide it through its major decisions. Our purposes are usually still far too selfish so that even when achieved, they tend to lead to benefit for the few rather than for the whole. We can see the issues around COVID-19, mask wearing, social distancing, vaccination, as all being connected with whether our actions are motivated by purposes that lead to the victory of the soul in human living. A major service perhaps that we can all give is to cultivate a sense of higher guiding purpose guiding not only ourselves, but potentially all humanity, when humanity is ready to choose this. In the warrior training given in Kyokushin Karate Dojos all over the world, training sessions begin with a simple ritual of bowing to the teacher, to each other, and to what is described as your God or religion. This is a practice of spiritual alignment in dojos of the soul fado, we begin by bowing to our highest sense of purpose, reinforced by sounding the great invocation at the close of the training session. It's probably worth adding that a deliberate attempt is also made in these soul fado dojos to use the bow as part of a practice of stimulating a sensitivity to vibration in the top of the head related to the etheric center in the top of the head. It seems fair to say that if we reflect on the question of which purposes guide our thinking and feeling and actions in every life and over time, we are likely to gain much clarity and insight and probably also learn things about ourselves that we might not be too proud of. Eventually, our great achievement is to learn to live lives imbued with and guided by soul purpose. Our Scorpio Bob thus becomes freed to aim even higher, to become released from the me and to fly upward towards the even higher purposes that motivate the members of the spiritual hierarchy. This brings us to the Sagittarius line's use of the word purpose. The zodiacal keynote of the soul in Sagittarius relates to and contrasts with the Sagittarius line in the Great Invocation, giving us two expressions of the energy of purpose under the influence of this cosmic sign. At the personality level, the human soul expresses this zodiacal energy as, I see the goal. 
I reach that goal and then I see another. This is an experience of progression from goal to goal, including a sense of ambition and achievement. When the soul emerges as the victorious warrior from the Scorpio experience, the energy of Sagittarius is now impersonal and all conditioning, described in the words, the purpose which the masters know and serve. We could reflect on this contrast and recognize that the purpose referred to in the ninth line of the great invocation is not only impersonal, but universal. The third stanza of the great invocation invites us to help let humanity be guided by the same purpose which the masters, the great ones who stand as the embodied heart center of our planetary life, collectively know and serve. There is a definitive relating of the two centers, humanity and hierarchy, on the basis of a shared purpose that is being consciously invoked by humanity itself. We might suppose that the practice of a culture of bowing to the highest spiritual purpose, as I described earlier, in order to cultivate sensitivity in the crown center to that purpose, may well form part of the coming culture of the soul. We might imagine that over time, this practice helps awaken the brain cells around the pineal gland in the head, giving a steadily developing sensitivity to the vibrations of the past, the purpose which the masters know and serve. In any case, the linking of humanity in the hierarchy by the word purpose is a subtle implication of one of the key themes and intended outcomes of human development in the Aquarian age. The theme or challenge of an achieved spirit of brotherhood and right relations. This theme is underscored rather simply through a consideration of some of the numbers involved in the placement of the word purpose in the great invocation. Consider the following. In the great invocation, the word purpose is both the 60th word and the 68th word. As a 60th word, it comes in a line referring to human wills and the scorpionic battle. And as the 68th word, it comes in a line referring to the masters of the hierarchy and their dedicated life of service. Adding these two numbers, 60 and 68, gives the number 128, 128. This number, 128, is of particular significance because, peculiarly, it is the raw numerical value of the word brotherhood, which is the basic keynote that underlies human learning in the Aquarian age. The masters are also known as the elder brothers, and it makes sense that humanity's own development of a right spirit of brotherhood would involve coming into a condition of shared relationship to the purpose which the elder brothers know and serve. Number 128 has also a special significance in music both philosophically and scientifically. The production of a philosophical frequency of 128 may well be the subtle result of the right linking of humanity, the planetary throat center, with the hierarchy, the planetary heart center. The great invocation itself 
comprised of 128 syllables, suggests that this right linking of the two centers involves humanity willingly submitting to the guiding influence of the purpose which emanates from the planetary head center. Triangle's units may be a wonderful place in which these mysteries can be explored and worked out in a balanced and healing way. I hope some of those thoughts um, are be provocative in a positive way. <laughs> Thank you for giving me the time. Thank you, Clarence. It's a wonderful presentation. So if anybody has any comments or any questions for Clarence or even questions about the triangles work in general, now is the time for you to either type that comment or question in the chat box or to um, raise your hand and share audibly. You can raise your hand by clicking on your reactions icon um, on your Zoom toolbar. Clarence, I love the all of the correspondences that you bring up with the great invocation, with the keynote of the with the zodiac, with the keynotes of the signs, with the numerology. It just remind it reminds me anyway that this is that things are so much more interconnected than we can really even imagine, you know. Mm. And even that which we, even, you know, there's so much that we can imagine. And what about all that that is even beyond that, you know? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I think um, for me, there is, there are many threads that we can, one can follow. Um, I suppose for simplicity, it's sometimes better to not weave in too many at one time. And especially until we start getting a sense of right interconnection. But it is, I think my, my overall sense is that there is, there is, a, there is timing um, for study. As a, as a teacher, we sometimes used to consider um, that certain subjects are better taught in the morning than in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. There were no esoteric reasons for this. It's simply that the the, the um, children, students, young people, were more alert at that time, but not too early in the morning because they they're not yet emerged yeah. from sleep. So you know, the, this question of when do we look at certain things, and the question of purpose, um, looking at it during a period when the sun is in Sagittarius and that sense of expansion and the willingness to learn and engage in higher learning, um, which are themes associated with Sagittarius, seems to me appropriate in and of itself to look at topics such as this, which are uh, not necessarily that easy to grasp. And, and the, the sense that seeing or getting a sense of purpose, um, working in connection with that, and inevitably reaching that and then seeing another maybe higher purpose beyond mm -hmm. is, um, is an important one for us not to become too attached to what we already, what we already know. Yeah. 
there's a, you know, I forget, I've heard this worded somewhere before, but it's, you know, each, each, um, each plateau you, and this is the keynote of Sagittarius, is each plateau you reach is the jumping off point for the next mm-hmm. journey, sort of. And so, yeah. you know, you reach that next mountain, that next goal, and then that has to be the beginning of a new, new adventure, a new, uh, you know, endeavor of seeking understanding, of seeking a higher purpose. Yes. Um, Clarence, would you like to read some of these comments in the chat? Can you see the chat or would you like uh, me to, to, y- to relay Yes, and, and maybe it will help if I expand it. Yes, I think that, that, that helps. Um, I think the first one I pick up is uh, clarify, you uh, asked about clarifying the connection to higher current, higher purpose of current, uh, higher purpose of current social restrictions. Um, I, I'm not sure that I have an answer to that, accepting that the my sense is that we are, I mean, you probably all know people who um, are, let's take the simple thing of vaccination, since this is a growing issue around the world of whether to get the COVID vaccine or not. And we all know people who are hesitant and people who have no hesitancy whatsoever. Um, for me, it is helpful to attempt to think of such issues, not so much from a matter of opinion or belief, but from a sense of trying to uh, be guided and see ourselves as eventually, meaning ourselves, meaning all of us, the whole of humanity, being prompted, guided by a higher purpose. Now, when such higher purpose starts to take some form in our minds, um, it seems to me that it, it, it would in, inevitably be very inclusive. So that whether I feel myself on this side or on that side, um, I start to recognize our common struggle. Um, as a common struggle to evolve in consciousness towards the best of what we can be. It means I am less caught up in whether I am right or wrong or my friend or brother or the other person is right or wrong. And I am more, I am more tuned to what, what we are really seeking to align with. And those things can be very vague, but when we use an instrument such as the Great Invocation, it becomes a little clearer that we are talking here about um, a spiritual purpose behind our planetary existence. We're talking here about uh, an aspect of our planetary existence, which is embodied in what we call hierarchy. And we know that this is an aspect that is the highest embodiment of love on our planet. Um, so if we are thinking in those terms, it can, it can free us from, if you want, the, the detail and the, the emotions um, that we automatically are engaged in um, as, as we live through very testing times. So I think that's kind of really 
one of the values of, of aligning or trying to align with purpose. I see if I can just move on, I think how music crosses all boundaries of humanity. Yes. And Matthew, if I, I haven't read it yet, Matthew, so forgive me if I misread what you've got, but I'll just read it as I, as I see it. One kind of invocation is to ask a question such as, how can I or we help bring more love, well-being and harmony in our world? Then listen deeply for the answer as it comes from the wisdom of love. The answer is an evocation from love wisdom and our human evocation is how we apply this answer and in what we do to help the world. Thank you, Matthew. Yeah, that, that kind of aligns with, um, for me, where we, we can choose to put our awareness so that we are not, we're not denying the day-to-day the -day realities of whatever things are the many things that are so wrong, but we are always seeking to make sure that we are, we are aligning upwards, if you want, uh, into the higher possibilities. Interestingly, I see Ellie has, um, I think I didn't mention it, Ellie posted, um, I think there was a link, but she talks about a website that focuses a bit on that frequency of C128. Um, C is aligned with the root chakra, I see a suggesting here. Um, Clint says, asks any ideas on what singing or songs will be like when performed from a mental rather than an emotional level. Uh, I like that question. Um, and I, my answer to that is, is, um, is try it. <laughs> um, I rather suspect that that's how you, that's part of working out the plan, working out following our intuition and testing it out in practice. And um, when we do that, we bring through, we start to bring it into reality. So I think there are examples already out there of singing and songing, I sometimes like to call it, um, performed from mental rather than emotional levels. Mm -hmm. I think the chanting of the Om is one of the opportunities that people have for that as well. Um, yeah, so thank you for that question, Clint. I think the notes um, from this presentation have been shared earlier. I think Kathy shared those. Uh, if I can jump to Helen, she says, thank you, Clancy presentation, the meaningful linking of the components, the corresponding units that underlies purpose and service. In the example that begins the presentation, you spoke of the pandemic effects and the call of mask wearing, distancing and vaccinations. In Australia, the percentage of vaccination is high when compared to other countries. And whilst the motivations for individuals and groups of individuals varies, when I read through different groups of indifference and calls for freedom of rights, I endeavor to understand where these calls are sourced from. At the end of this consideration, I ask a simple question to myself for clarity, and that is, whom does it serve? This brings me to a point of bringing forth of underlying purpose. 
and finding unity to serve the greater good. Thank you again for the sense of unity that your presentation brings to light in this regard and how a line of least resistance to what serves the greater good simplifies how we consider the motivating purpose. Thank you for that contribution, Helen. Uh, Angela says that Harold Moses does music based on the seven rays and their frequencies. He's on Nimbit music. I think that that's partly uh, um, connected with um, Clint's question about mentally produced music or mentally sung music and what that's like. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, I missed Ellie did say one thing this pandemic is doing is making us aware that every member of humanity can be affected and therefore every member of the human family deserves access to the tools for prevention. If any one population does not have access to those tools, whether they choose to use them or not, all humans remain at risk. Yeah, I like that you start with one thing this pandemic is doing because <laughs> yes, there are many things, uh, many effects and, and hence my reference to, it's easy to look at this and say, it looks like the whole of humanity is being um, tested, not by somebody or someone, but just by maybe the conditions we have ourselves produced. Tested of where is our consciousness? Where is our heart? Where is our awareness of each other? And what's the quality of that awareness? Is it those people over there? Is it us? And, and that's it being an exclusive us. Where is this? And how powerful um, is the awareness of people who really are more concerned with the whole of humanity and its well-being as compared to people who are very selfishly focused? Where does the power lie? And is there a way to strengthen and empower the will to good, the will to good of the whole, for the whole? Um, maybe I can just end with looking at that question from Bio. He says, thank you so much, Clarence. Can you explain briefly how or what you see as a difference between will and purpose? Well, um, uh, clearly they're connected. And for those who, who have done some study of the rays, they're both aspects or features of the first ray of will and power and purpose. And um, in, the, in the Great Invocation, we see that purpose and will are connected and linked, but they don't seem to be identical. At the center where the will of God is known and therefore held consciously, from that center, the invocation is for purpose to guide our little human wills to the wills of humanity in all the diversity of direction of those wills. It seems that purpose gives direction to the will um, and that there may be more to it than that, but that could be a way of approaching that question. Thank you so much, Michael.
Um, I probably should close there. No, thank you, Clarence. That was that was excellent. Thank you so much. Um, there is just one brief question here I'd like to address before we close from Aura Mission. Um, they ask, how many minutes should we do the triangles meditation every day? The triangles meditation doesn't need to take any more than just a few minutes. Um, all you need to do is visualize your triangle, your partners that you've agreed to already form a triangle with. Visualize that triangle within the network of triangles and sound the great invocation. Um, and if you'd like more information, you can go to www.triangles.org uh, and you can write to us at the contact that you'll find there. All right, so um, thank you again, Clarence, for another wonderful presentation. Um, we will just close with a brief moment of silence to link up with the, with the Triangles Network. Thank you.